Welcome in. Thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Delaware Bible Cast, a podcast ministry of Delaware Bible Church. I'm your host for today's podcast, Brad Harris, and I serve as one of the pastors here on staff. And joining me today is one of our church congregants, a man who uh, just ministers to so many within our church body, a man that we're very thankful that's a part of our church body, and that is Mr. Bill Fenton. Bill, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to be here. So as we have Bill on today, Bill is going to talk to us and share with us about sharing the love of Christ with those who, during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic, that many of the people that Bill often ministers to are the people that we see least right now. Those are people who uh, are either isolated in a nursing home. These are people that are uh, just not getting out very much within our church body or those within the community who are particularly taking a lot of precautions regarding COVID-19. And so, Bill, you've been able to have a real ministry and a friendship to many within our church body who are currently dealing with these things. They're older, they're often widowed or shut-ins. And let me ask you this as we begin, what originally caused you to start this ministry to these folks? Well, it was what I noticed what was already going on Mm -hmm. uh, with the body of Christ here, this local body. I noticed that there were a lot of people that were investing their lives in other people's lives. And uh, and mainly a lot of the elderly are really cared for and loved as mm-hmm. friends and uh, as people that are, have been entrusted to share their lives with younger people, uh, such as ourselves. And um, it's that was inspiring to me. And um, through that, I've also noticed, um, you know, as I, I was praying, Lord, use me some way in this local body. Um, so I was I was big on the word usefulness. Um, you know, that part of being holy and studying that is, you know, kind of ready and willing to be used in whatever way the Lord chooses to use you, mm-hmm. you know, fit for His use. And this is kind of what kept going on in my head. So it was like, well, how, what indicators are there here where there's needs that I see. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of times I would hear, well, so-and-so lost their wife or uh, such-and-such is back in the back and and he's been, he's lost his wife so many years ago. And uh, I asked Pastor Scott, I said, how many widowers are there? Mm-hmm. And uh, we made a list and it seemed like there were at least a handful, if not six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Wow, if you could just give me their numbers, names, and I can at least befriend them and say hello and love on them a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, and so I I noticed that, and so we were able to um, just go to lunch, yeah. and 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 kind of kind of start that and congregate the guys together and love on them, and it was it was very fulfilling that way. But then there were also people that expressed a desire to be taught who lived in a nursing facility. It was Marianne Brohard that had mentioned something and I heard her say it in the hallway. And I think she also expressed it in a prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the Lord just really tapped me on the back on that. And so that's when I thought, wow, maybe there's an opportunity here. So... 
So with that, one of the things that I've appreciated that you shared with that is that it was an organic ministry opportunity. Yeah. It was just you saw a need within those within our body, and you basically just said, hey, I want to jump in. I want to serve in this way. And another thing that I appreciate about you sharing with that is that it was something as simple as, hey, let's go to lunch. And so for those who are listening maybe and don't know of, of what Bill's talking about there, uh, prior to COVID, there was probably, I'd say probably seven or eight guys uh, that Bill would go out with that were widowed, that were single guys, similar to that, that type of a thing. And they just went to Wendy's and had lunch after church. And I can tell you personally, as a younger single guy, now 30 years old, man, just having a sustained group that you can do that with is always a big encouragement. Mm -hmm. So I could even imagine way more so if you're a person who's a widow or Mm -hmm. dealing with something like that. So let's talk about that second ministry opportunity that you talked about there, and that's your ministry at Willowbrook. So one of the things that Bill does here through our church is he shares a weekly sermon at Willowbrook, which is a local assisted living community here within our community. Now, currently, Bill is not able to uh, be able to uh, share his messages in person right now because it's pretty much isolated unless you're working there. Outside people are not getting into Willowbrook. But with your time there, we're streaming that now at the church, and he's able to do that, so we're very thankful for that technology. But having been able to minister to so many of the folks there at Willowbrook, what would you say for those who are really isolated right now? They're not able to get out. They, Some of which are confined to their rooms in the hallway if they wear a mask, and that's the only places that they could go for close to a year at this point. Uh, what are some of the main struggles that you're seeing with the folks at these assisted living centers, at these nursing homes, or similar places right now? Yeah, the main thing that um, is it, it just kind of jumps out at me is the separation, loneliness, almost kind of a feeling of uh, being in a, and I don't want to say this with a bad connotation, but being in a prison in a sense. Hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they, they, they maybe feel trapped, isolated, cut off from the world and what they're used to, you know, seeing faces there that love them. Uh, but just... Um, the the feeling of being forgotten hmm. is has to be something that the Lord feels directly as well, uh, especially with Christ being sensing that same um, loneliness, especially on the cross and His cry, and uh, you know Hebrews expresses that He was heard and He cried unto the Lord, and so. I think the greatest uh, problem with assisting living centers being cut off is that there is a there's a real cry there, a real separation, a real loneliness that they're experiencing, and um, you know, and it's it's real, mm-hmm. and um, so to feel that reality on this side of things is uh, something that kind of opens our eye to. To that great need. And with that, loneliness is something I'd say we can all empathize with Mm -hmm. because we've all felt lonely at times. But for those who are lonely, 
that physically we can't see right now. You know, I can't get into Willowbrook. You can't. Uh, it actually shocked me um, earlier, early on during COVID in that normally as a pastor for the local Grady Hospital, we could get in regardless of hours, regardless of anything, and they wouldn't let anyone in. Uh, it didn't matter of your pastoral credentials or whatever there. But that being said, with many uh, being in an environment where we can't see them or minister to them in person right now, what are just some ideas that you would have for those within our church body? Hey, how can I reach out to this person that I know is dealing with loneliness, that I know is stuck within their room? What are some ideas you would give to them? Well, and I get this from you, Brad, and you've mentioned this um many times is writing letters. Mm That's the power of an intentional uh, connection of caring. Now, I personally have not written many letters that way. There have been a few, but mostly it's calls. Yeah. Just to to contact uh, some of of the folks to let them know that, hey, here's my voice at least, Mm -hmm. and uh, here's what I'm doing, thinking about you, and just kind of sharing life Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about other things just other than just um, here's my life and here's what's going on in our family. It's just the simple, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I've told that to others before. It's like, how you doing? You know, just to simplify it in a phrase, it, it matters. It matters how you're doing. Yeah. And um, it had it matters how I'm doing to somebody else. And I think that's something in the body of Christ that's so wonderful uh, another avenue is soup. I love to cook soup. So do what you love and share what you love. If mm-hmm. you can access someone and maybe leave it on a porch, you know, make them soup, make them, you know, if you get tired of soup, my family's pretty much souped out. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, other things. And and that's one thing that has inspired me as well. There's so many families and so many people in this church that make meals for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's amazing that that, it just goes on constantly. Um, and it's just a matter of assuming their plight. Be there with them in your mind. Uh, when you're praying for them, uh, set yourself down in their room with them, uh, imagining what they're experiencing uh, in those lonely nights. It's just uh, assume their plight would be um, an idea of, of kind of sparking a care for for them. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, one of the things that I think is important to remember with that as well is that it shouldn't just be a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I called this shut-in one time this year, and so I'm good for the rest of the year. I know for you, um, and, and as well for me, it's that repetition of contacting mm-hmm. people of, you know, nobody's going to tell you most of the time, their whole story to begin with. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And just like you going with the guys to Wendy's, you do it every single week. You build up that relationship. You look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk specifically about you for a second, Bill. As you shared, do what you're good at. Mm-hmm. So as we're ta- trying to paint the, pe- the picture for people of how they can minister to these other people, can you just share with us, for you personally, some of the ways that you bless and encourage these folks? What do you do? Well, lo- along with making some some questionable soup items, um, <laughs> I tend to like them. But mm-hmm. uh, it's to share scripture. It's to really get in their heart and mind and say, what what is it 
that God's given you that's a treasure that mm-hmm. that you can give to me. Um, because the thing about it is, is they've got something that you need too. Mm-hmm. And to find that out, you know, it's just asking them the history of Delaware. Yeah. And kind of geeking out about something they know about that mm-hmm. you never knew, that they can ask questions, you can ask them questions, find out about your town. Um, I know Bob Murfield is a wealth of knowledge. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, to pick his brain, he knows every name he's ever come across. So the, the man's got like photographic memory, but then he's got a heart of gold too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so reading scripture, praying and crying with them, um, Listen, listening to stories. I love to listen to stories. It's mostly listening. Mm-hmm. Um, less talking and more listening sometimes is is a ministry that you can have. And another thing is working my weakness. Uh, take something that you feel you're weak at and then jump into it. Okay. Like, I feel like I'm weak at uh, disciplined times of calling, like a routine. I feel like I'm weak at not ministering to more people. Mm-hmm. There's just this, you know, the constant like, wow, I could have, I wish I could reach out into their life. And it's, you feel like you're always behind the eight ball. So I'm working my weakness in that sense um, just to, to just to reach out to people. But, you know, obviously you're not trying to get so busy that you can't do anything else and mm-hmm. you're no earthly good for your family or anything like that. It's just to, to make it a common practice to bring others into your life and have them be part of, uh, have you be part of their life. That's good. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that was great what you shared there as well about these people have what you need too, mm-hmm. and that they have life experience, mm-hmm. uh, history, so many things that it's beneficial for us to hear as well. Yeah. So, I know it's been the case for me. I know it very often is for you, too. As you have ministered to these folks, uh, you have often, I know, walked away just as, if not more encouraged and blessed than they have been. Yeah. yeah. So can you share with us just some of those experiences that you've practically experienced here within the body? Well, you go in with the attitude of giving, but you end up with the realization that you're getting. Hmm. More than you give. Um, a great example of that would be with Lane Shirley, my friend. Um, I call him, and usually it's just the basis of I know he's been chewing on something that week. Oh, yeah. And you know, no, Lane, I do. and it's I do like, know. Lane, what morsel have you been chewing on that I can chew on the rest of the week? And he'll usually give that to me. But, uh, you know, uh, talking to others who know the Lord and love the Lord, it's just to, uh, to expose some of the treasure that they've been digging into. And then you can kind of soar through that and apply that to your own Bible study. And mm-hmm. when you're in prayer and scripture alone with the Lord, you can say, wow, you know, this person was showing me this. And then you get on a tangent and you're studying something in the scripture that you never really made connections to before. Mm-hmm. And here you are doing that. And so the Lord then is, I guess the key is allow the Lord to love you through others. It's good. And then when you do that, it's uh it's it's a win-win in the body of Christ. And so with that, I think uh to to stem off a point that you shared there regarding personal experience using Lane as an example. Lane is a guy who taught Sunday school at our church for many years, taught in total Sunday school for over 50 years. 
And he was a guy who would study more for a Sunday school lesson in one week than I would study for a sermon. I mean, the guy just, that was his life. Mm -hmm. And that was a personal challenge to me as I saw his experience and the way that he read and what he studied and the wealth of knowledge that he had. Man, I'm not there yet, Mm -hmm. you know, but look at what all these years of faithful study and diligence do. So, yeah, absolutely. Those things can really serve as a blessing and encouragement to others as well. Last question for today's podcast, and then we'll let you go. I know that you have really been enjoying studying and work and chewing on uh, what you've been preaching for our folks at Willowbrook here within the church body. Can you share with us uh, just some morsels, some things that you've been learning as, and that the Lord's been teaching you through your study of His Word as you prepare to speak? Yeah, it's um, a greater connection to Christ. You know, to know that here is a God that is going to show you the secret of enduring. And yet, he is a God that says, you know what, Brad? I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to be called your God. Hmm. Bill, I'm not ashamed to be called your brother. You know, and... Uh, the secret of endurance that I have learned is that when you focus on Christ, he will make you realize that you're not just a son of glory, but you're someone that he wants to polish up. Hmm. He wants to make you more like his father. He's a son and a brother to you that makes you want to learn how to worship the father and uh and it's all over the book of Hebrews and we're coming to the culmination or the the ending in, in chapter 12 and 13 where you know here is a god that wants to share his life with us he says i want to make you holy so i can be with you face to face and uh to do that to all of us and for us, makes you want to endure, makes you want to go through not just the struggles and the pain and the diseases, but to know that here's a God that's preparing you for something so incredibly great, and it's just to be with Him. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a verse, there's a couple verses. Number one is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If I could read that, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. And I combine that with uh, Hebrews chapter 13, where it says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood or set them apart. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear his reproach or bear the approach he endured. For we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, let us continually offer 
up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, acknowledging his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share that what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. I mean, here is a God that says, Bill, Brad, you guys can please me through Christ. That hmm. just, uh, that just, it's good. It just melts me. But. That's good. All right. So to summarize a couple things that uh, we've learned and looked at with Bill's time here with us today. Number one is we talk about ministering to other people, specifically those who are isolated, who are struggling currently. It should be that of it's organic. It's something where we see the need and we jump in and we do it. One of the things that I shared uh, recently, though, is not only should it be organic, but it should be intentional. And I shared in a couple podcasts back just a challenge to consider maybe taking eight weeks and contacting someone each of those eight weeks and just regularly praying for them, regularly contacting them, that kind of a thing. And if you can do that, man, if if ever, if eight people were contacted at our church body just like that, we would have just an abundance, an absolute wonderful amount of people that were just being checked in on outside of the elders, outside of the pastoral staff, outside of the, quote, you know, paid and leadership position people. And what a joy and a wonderful thing that would be. But do it organically. You should be able to have a connection there. And that connection does take time, as we talked about. (laughs) But secondly, do what you're good at, as Bill said, whether it's making soup. I'm not a soup maker. uh, But whether it's you know, uh, for many older people within the church, when I've been able to, I can help them with a computer thing. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something that you're good at doing. And then third, remembering as well that these people have got what you need. Mm-hmm. Not only is it a investing in them, but you'll receive so much as they invest in you as well with their wealth of personal experience, with what they've learned, with all those things. So again, Bill, we thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you, uh, just your ministry to our church, all you're doing, and how you, the folks that you're ministering to, not only within our local body, but as the outreach that we have of Willowbrook as well, for those who feel a part of our body and are connected to us through that as well. We thank each of you for listening in, and we can't wait to share another podcast with you again soon. Hope you have a great week.